Studios of WORQ in Wisconsin. This is the Stand Up for the Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up for the Truth. It's a fresh new podcast. I'm Crash Connell, and our guest today in studio is Dave Wager from Silver Birch Ranch. Good morning, Dave Wager. Good morning, Crash. Always good to be with you. And we are blessed to have you in studio. Got lots to talk about. We're going to be covering lots for you uh, uh, on this podcast today on Stand Up for the Truth. We welcome our radio listeners on our frequencies in Northeast Wisconsin and online at q90fmradio.com slash listen. All right, uh, Dave, let's get started in prayer, please, sir. Sure. Father, thank you so much for your love, for the position you give us as your children through Jesus Christ. Thank you for opportunities that we have to show the world who you are. Thank you for the consistency that you bring to our lives and the purpose you bring to our lives. We pray this morning as we talk that we'll honor your name, that those listening will be encouraged to understand more of who you are, and walk with you and enjoy you this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Dave, you've been on, on Stand Up For The Truth several times, and one thing that uh, you say you're famous for is you like to read books from dead people. I do, yeah. If somebody's been dead for a couple hundred years they, they, and, and their book is still around, they might have said something that's important. Uh, one of the big things, and you know why, Crash, because we've talked about this, one of the, one of the big things that I think we're missing in our culture today is ponder time, just sitting and thinking. And uh, sometimes I think some of those pilgrims came over and they sat there by Plymouth Rock or something and they just stared out at the ocean. Is Plymouth Rock by the ocean? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I assume it is. Somebody somebody, write Crash and tell them where Plymouth Rock is so that we know. But, um, I, you know, I just picture them sitting and looking out and thinking. And during those quiet times, there is so much that you can absorb. And, and you know, I'm, I'm so much into that. I do a, a, a podcast for helping people go to sleep because I want them to think. I want them to be quiet. I want them to be reflective um, in the evenings so that they think about things as they go to sleep. And, and I find that extremely important. You, you must be good at time management. Who has time to think anymore? Well, you got to. You, you you're to. dead people. How long? Like uh, William Grinnell. I mean, yeah. what was that? The 1700s? Yeah, yeah. In that well, range, you didn't have Facebook and all of that stuff. No. Can you imagine? You have nobody entertaining you. You have no television. You really don't have any radio. You don't have anything other than things that have been written by somebody that you're reading. And and when you look, when you talk to somebody, you actually had to look at them and talk to them. <laughs> yeah, it was a whole different world back then. And and when you talked to God, th- thinking wasn't something that people did uh, by accident, they actually wanted to spend time pondering or meditating. In fact, we're told that we need to meditate on God's word day and night. You know, Joshua was told that. Do you want to be successful, Joshua? Meditate on my word day and night. I wonder how many times that word is in the Bible because it's all over Psalms. Well, it's all over Proverbs, Psalms. It's like you said, it's uh, Jesus did it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. he, He did it all night long. Yeah. Now, here, here's, here's what I understand. It, time management is something that's very interesting in life, and everybody has the same amount of time. 
Well, I have what? What is it? Mm-hmm. 168 hours a, a, a week or whatever that is. And the bottom line really is, I think that people should plan their time for so that the important stuff gets done. If well, that's the, what we actually. That's what we do anyway. Well, let's be honest. We don't plan it. We just. But we will make time for what we want to do. Yeah, like watch TV. Or a game. Yeah. He, or go here, shopping or going out to dinner. Here's my here's my premise. Unplanned time will always go to your weakness. Ooh. Unplanned time will always go to your weakness. So what you need to do is at least sit down and say, okay, here's what I want to accomplish tomorrow. And you should plan at least the things that are important in life. So is it important that you spend time in God's word? The answer, obviously, is yes. All right, so when are you going to do that tomorrow? You need to schedule it. Or for me, my wife and I, every single day, most most of the time right in the morning, if not during the day when I see her, we go for a three-mile walk every day. We found that, that this three-mile walk is critical for our, our relationship because we're, we're outside, we're away from the house, we're away from all the distractions, and we get to talk. But every day we'll check in with each other and say, okay, when are we walking today? Mm-hmm. And, and so we, we give each other a time. And a lot of times in northern Wisconsin, if you've lived up in this area, you know, you, you do that by weather. You know what I mean? So it, it, today it's chilly in the morning. It's going to be 3 o'clock. It's going to be the warmest. So let's walk at 3 o'clock today, you know, or whenever that might be. Or now the, the sun goes down at what? Yeah. one thirty in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like very early. But so you want to get your walk in before it gets too dark. Anyway, the things that are important in life, we need to plan. I, I've told people before, I, I think you need to read the Bible through cover to cover every year. And they, they look at me like, what are you, a strange person? How do you get that done? Well, honestly, I used to be a fifth grade teacher. And I figured out once, and I don't know if this is accurate, totally accurate or not. But I figured out if you read aloud at fifth grade level and you read the Bible aloud for 15 minutes a day, you'd finish it in a year. I've heard that. So that that's not that difficult to do. Just plan a time where you're going to do it. I actually started when uh, a pastor was discipling me when I got born again. Uh, he said, start with five minutes. Yeah. That seemed like a long time to me. Yeah. Well. Because I just didn't do that. You know, if is, is prayer important to you, Crash? Oh, gosh. Every morning. Okay. Well, then you got to schedule time for it. And, well, throughout the day, because I try to do it without yeah. ceasing. Is, is, especially is, on I-41. Yeah. <laughs> is, is communication with your wife important? Yes. Then you really need to schedule that. Is, is sitting and reading God's Word important to you? Yes. Then you got to schedule it. Now, you know, whatever else in life you can look at, you might say, these things are not that important. You know, whatever. You can schedule it or not schedule it then. You know, I mean, if you got to cut the grass in the summer or whatever else it might be, sometimes, you know, you can schedule those things. Sometimes you got to fit them in when you can. I understand that. But who is it that's running your time other than yourself if you're not scheduling your time? Who's running it? Who's telling you what you should do? See, that could be the evil one. He's the prince of the power of the air. Before you know it, it gets you so busy doing all these meaningless things. And time is really an interesting thing because you never get any of it back. When you waste time today, you waste half hour, whatever it might be, you'll never get that back. Never in your life. 
So what we need to do is be people understand, okay, I want to at least accomplish in life what's important, and I'm going to do that. I think people should figure out how much sleep they need and schedule that much. I think you should, you should look in life and figure out what's important as far as relational and make sure that those relationships have the time that they need. Uh, and, and obviously, I often tell people, you need to go and enjoy God and enjoy your family. Well, if you're going to enjoy God, you need to spend time with him. You need to spend time absorbing what he's saying in his word, and you need to spend time talking to him in prayer. And if you don't schedule time for that, you're not going to, it'll, it'll be stolen because that's what happens. Dave Wager is our guest on Stand Up for the Truth. I'm Crash Connell. And uh, th- there's no condemnation for those that aren't Christ. So if there's any conviction going on here, you can start now. Yeah. So, uh, Dave Wager, uh, how, how do you schedule time? You, you run Silver Birch Ranch up north. Uh, how do you schedule time? Because uh, you have a lot to do. How do you do that? I do. I get up early in the morning. That's how I do yeah. it. And I've always done it that way. Uh, the bottom line really is, I, I already told you, when I, I talk to my wife in the morning or whenever I see her first in the, in the day, we'll schedule a time where we're going to walk that day. Uh, but at the same point, when I, um, I found that when my kids were young, I needed to get up way before them. Yes. And I needed to do that so that it was quiet. And I'll tell you, that, that was an important decision. I, I can remember how I came to it. I was sitting in my at my office desk one day, and I don't know how many out there know what it takes to run a, a Christian camp and to do constantly be uh, you know, on call for speaking and, and taking care of all the, the financial problems and taking care of all the, the discipline problems and everything else that goes on in the summer. But there were very many times where I felt like I ran out of time, you know, to do anything, that I was really failing at everything. And I can remember once I was sitting in my office and I was so discouraged. I was talking to God about it and I was saying, God, I just want to cut my grass. You know, I can't, I can't get my grass cut. And I went out and, and I was just sitting at my desk, just angry with God and angry with the world because there wasn't enough time to get everything done that I needed to get done. And, and then I, I sat there and I, I started asking myself logic questions like, would God ever give me more to do than I can actually do so that he can laugh at me? I mean, is that, is that what God does? Does he give me more in life to do than I can do so that he can sit in heaven and go, hey, look at him squirm? No, that's not what God does. So then I said, okay, God, well, how do I sort this out then? How do I get done the things that you want me to get done? Because I, I got to cut the grass. You know, I mean, that, that's just something that's got to get done to maintain the house. Well, what's interesting there is uh, I had this idea. So I took a blank piece of paper, which I like doing if I'm trying to sort something out. I put a line down the middle of it. And on one side, I put things in life that I would live for. And on the other th- column, I put things in life I would die for today. Okay. So I have two columns. One I would live for because there's some things that aren't evil that, that you need to do. Maybe live for might be too strong of a term, but, but things in life I would live for, I have to do, cut the grasses on that side. You know, I mean, I need to cut the grass, things to live for, I, I can do that. I, can, I need to go, you know, to work, to make the money, to pay the rent, you know, that, that kind of thing. And then on the, the column to die, you know, that column got bigger and bigger because, you know, you need to buy a car and you need to, in this day and age, I guess, buy a cell phone would be on there because you need to have a phone. Um, but on the right-hand column, things to die for, that was a rather small column of, of a list. And I remember putting on that side my relationship with God, my time with God, my relationship with my family, my wife, my kids, 
in the ministry of Silver Birch Ranch because I honestly felt that God called me to that ministry. And, and because of that calling, I had a responsibility to fulfill that. But then it got silent in my head. There were three things on the list that I was willing to die for and this whole long list of things I was willing to live for. And I can remember telling God then, God, I'm going to first schedule these three things before anything else because these are the three things that, that really matter to me. Now, again, I think if anyone's going to do that, what you need to do is realize that you also need to take that to the scriptures and see if those are things worthy of, you know, if you have, I, I want to eat, you know, a large pizza on the list to die for, I think you got the wrong priorities. But, but there are things in life that are very important. And for us, we're, we're locked into this time thing. You know, I mean, we have so many hours a day. The sun goes up, the sun goes down. We get to reset every day. God is not locked into that, but we are at this point in history. And that's kind of my understanding and my perspective right now. I've got this day to invest into things that are just going to go away or they're going to go on for eternity. Those are my two choices. My relationship with God, the time I spend with God, is something that can go on for eternity. The relationships I have with my family and friends, that could go on for eternity. That, that, that absolutely can do that. The ministry that God's called me to, whatever it is and whatever it is in your life, that could have fruit for eternity. Um, the cutting of my grass needs to be done, but it needs to be done during what I would call my downtime. So then I take my best hours of the day and I put it towards these things. You know, I don't, I don't give my wife and my kids the leftover hours. I don't give them what I don't, you know, I, when I come home, I'm worn out, whatever it might be. Those aren't the hours I want to give to God. Those aren't the hours I want to give to my kids. Why? Because these are the things that are important. I'd rather give my worn out hours to my lawnmower. You know, I mean, let me get on there and, and, and try and stay awake while I cut the grass <laughs> uh, or be bored or, you know, whatever it might be. And, and I hope that makes sense. I'm, I'm not really excellent at time management, by the way. Someone might say, well, you must be a time management guru. I'm really not um, because I'm not sure how to manage life minute by minute, but I do know that I can make a list of things that I need to get done tomorrow and then work on getting them done. Uh, in fact, the, the, the people that come to Nicolay Bible Institute, you know, we have, we have students that come from all over the country to one year of school to Nicolay Bible Institute, and, and they're all mentored. So not only do they get classes where they're, they're learning the Bible, they're learning to serve, but then, uh, like, I'll get one of the young men and I'll be able to mentor him. And as I mentor him, one of the things I do every single year with the young men I mentor is, is ask them to do one thing. I ask them before they go to sleep or first thing in the morning to write down their goals for the next day or that day, whatever it is. What, I would rather have them do it before they go to sleep. So if before they go to sleep, they take a moment and say, tomorrow I want to get this done, and they write it down. And then... About a month later, two months later, I say, so how's that going? You know, I mean, have you seen any difference? 100% of the time, it's, man, that makes a huge difference. Yeah, what did you do before that? Oh, I just got up and winged it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I just got up and thought, oh. Most of us, <clears throat> sorry, most of us do. Yeah. Most of us do. So then you accomplish winging, I guess. You don't really accomplish what you wanted to. Then at the end of the day, you look and go, when am I going to get this done? 
Um, really, I learned this from my wife. I, I think anytime I get up, I can tell what she's doing today or the next day. There's a list on the counter. And she has, a, you know, it's not by hour. I think you could drive yourself nuts to say, you know, from six to this, I'm going to do this. From six to do, do. yeah, I, I because you can get really discouraged because there's all kinds of things that happen in life that you don't plan on. Um, how, however, you can make a list of things that you'd like to get done. Um, and back to my story, then I got up. I, my kids, I realized, you know, they got up at a certain time. Let's say seven. I can't remember. So I said, you know what? I need to get up at five. And I need to get up at five, and I need to be in God's Word. And what I found later was very interesting. Um, reading one of my daughter's papers in college, they were talking about how they were influenced growing up. And one of them wrote how important it was to see Dad every morning in the brown chair with a Bible in his lap. You know, I mean, when they got up, they saw Dad sitting and reading. And so it was important. Uh, everyone thinks I'm a morning person. And I am now, by the way. I guess I would be classified that. But I wasn't. I became a morning person because that's the hour that was quiet where I could spend time with God. And even till this day, I say by 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning, things can go crazy. So if I've got, uh, and you know my schedule, you know, I'm, we're writing books, we're teaching. I'm doing four different, three different podcasts and you, you when you, when you have a schedule like I have, you have to get things done. And you have to get things done on a time frame. So it's not like they're just going to jump out of the sky and happen accidentally. And, uh, and so you need to schedule the quiet time so that you have something to say. And, and that's really important. I still want to, rem I want to remind our listeners, unplanned time will always go to your weakness. And you need to plan the time out. If you've got some extra time, you watch. You go home after work today and you have nothing scheduled if your weakness is to sit there and watch reruns of i love lucy then that's what's going to happen all night long and and by then you're going to be ready to go to bed and you go i accomplished absolutely nothing tonight and it's not that i love lucy is a terrible program or it's going to influence you to go be a mass murderer or anything but the bottom line really is you really just went to your weakness because you had nothing in your brain that you said here's what i'm going to do and then Satan goes, you know, those four hours that you just sat there and blobbed out, yeah, you're never getting them back. That's the worst part of it is the uh, that that guilt or that shame. Uh, you said something earlier. You're hearing "Stand for the Truth." Our guest today is Dave Wager from Silver Birch Ranch, up uh, in White Lake, Wisconsin. Yep. You said something earlier, and I want to make sure that's it's re reiterated. When you make this list, things to live for, left column. And then on the right column, things to die for. You said, make sure you take him to Scripture. Well, obviously, uh, Scripture can back up what you said about relationship with God, which right. is top priority. You said relationship with your wife and family. Right. That, that's scriptural. And your, uh, your, your ministry. Now, Silver Birch Ranch is a, it is, is a ministry. I can say Q90FM, Lakeshore Communications is a ministry. But what about... Uh, the truth is, if you're a born-again Christian, you're in ministry. Oh, absolutely. Any ministry. You're in, mini you're in ministry. Absolutely. No, no matter what. I used what. to make a joke, what do you do? I'm a minister. Yeah. Oh, what church? No, I'm, I'm, I'm in yeah. full-time ministry. Yeah, no, no doubt. If I'm a welder, I know that I have a priority. If, if I work 9 to 5, whatever it is, that's my priority to represent Christ in the welding world from 9 to 5. 
And that's what I'm called to do at that particular moment. And, and I do the good wells, and, I, and I'm there to talk to the people, and I'm there to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what my profession is, that is my responsibility. And, and really, that's anyone's responsibility that's a believer, is that we have something we've been called to. And so we need to live in the context of whatever we've been called to. So that, to me, was a scriptural no-brainer, that, that I've been created to do something in life, and, and that God gave me something to do. I mean, you take uh, David and Goliath, you take, uh, you know, um, Jonah was told to do something and he made himself miserable by not doing it. You, you and I are, are created to be in a spot to do certain things. God's not going to fail if we say no. We're going to fail because he'll never fail. We just lose the opportunity of being a part of what he's doing. So I need to make sure that I prioritize. Not only that, if I'm going to work, let's say I'm a welder because I use that example. And I realize that welding is my ministry. Then the amount of money I make, that, that doesn't matter anymore. What I'm doing is I'm going and I'm doing something that I represent the king that he put me on this planet to do. You know, if you're a welder, hopefully you, you love welding. And, and it's something that excites you. And, you're, and, and then you get to actually make a living off of it. Um, I, I tell the kids at Nicolay Bible Institute often, it's not about the money you make. Don't make a decision about your career because you can make money. Make a decision based on what God puts on your heart to do the thing. And oftentimes I'll ask them, what would you do for nothing? And they'd look at you like, well, I don't know. No, I don't mean go to a beach and sit for the rest of your life. That, that isn't what I'm talking about. But there's something in your heart that, that if I could say you could do this profession, you'd just light up like a, a light bulb. You know, it's like, that would be great. What is it? And some of them might say, well, I would own a, a big horse ranch. Okay, well, go get one. Uh, or at least go work in a stables to start with. Right. You know, well, I don't know. I, I, you know, you can't make much money just slopping horses. And it's, <laughs> not a, it's not about that. You get up every day and work hard and see where it takes you in 20 years. You get up every day, be the, be the person who represents Jesus Christ. Be the one who does it right. Be the one who, who can be relied on. And, and do it because this is your calling instead of money, you'll be fine. Wasn't there a king that started out as a shepherd? Oh, yeah. Yeah. My namesake. <laughs> yeah, David. There's so many examples in the Bible. I, well, and I, Moses. Yeah. What was Moses doing before he became the greatest leader in history? Right. <laughs> you know, he's watching sheep on the backside of a desert. Um. The, uh, the I get them mixed up sometimes. Nathaniel or Philip, the one that talked to the eunuch. Okay, uh, Philip. Yeah, Philip. Thank you. I, uh, so everybody had an occupation in those days. Yeah. Uh, Jesus was a carpenter. Yeah. Like his uh, like his uh, earthly father. So uh, everybody is in full time ministry. I want to make sure you hear this because I happen to know a welder who is very strong minister. Yeah. There you go. So I, I hope I hope he's listening to this. I'm glad that you used that example, but it, it could be uh, serving in a restaurant, a server, or w whatever your occupation is. Because something I hear quite often when people come by Q90FM for prayer or something like that is, they say, "I love this place. It must be nice to work in a Christian radio station where you're around God's word all the time and fellowshipping all the time." I'm going, "You can't do that at your work." Yeah. Who says you can't do that at your work? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's interesting when, 
If, if I, as I talk to young college kids at the Nicolay Bible Institute, one of the things that I keep talking to them about is to be the kind of worker that, that um, every business would want to have in it. Exactly. So since cool you represent... That be? We'd need to hire more Christians. Look at their work ethic. Look at this. Absolutely. The, the problems that are out there in the world are, are there because people are getting self-centered and comfortable and that kind of thing. When, when you go to work, there's expectations to be done. And for us that are believers, we understand that we meet those expectations and we exceed them. I'll tell a young person, you know, if you're going to go and work, let's say in a factory, you're going to go work in a factory somewhere, I suggest that you know CPR and first aid even before you go. And not only that, before you go, I, 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 you should have the mind frame. Like you do here at Silver Bird Trance, because part of the training is to serve people. You go into a bathroom, a public bathroom in that factory and it's dirty clean it you, you go in there and the, and the toilet's stuffed up or something plunge it you get the reputation for being the person that cares about those around you the reason you clean it is because someone's coming after you the reason you plunge it is because someone comes after you you're doing things because you're thinking about others and you're thinking about doing what's right the, the reason that you're trained in first aid and cpr is because when there's an accident on the floor you're going to be able to take care of somebody. And there will be accidents on the floor. There will be things that happen, and you'll be there. And you know what? If you just act like a Christian, if you just act like a, a person who's, who cares about other people, you'll be fine in whatever profession you go into, and you'll represent you know, Christ well. And that's what we mean by ministry. Absolutely. That's the ministry. If you go and you're saying, I'm only putting in my minimum so I get the, the money. I'm going in so I get the, 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 big, the big bucks. And and, and I'm out of here as soon as the minute hand hits, you know, whatever right. it is. But who's going to want you around anyway? You're just like everybody else. If it's a calling, it's different than just going to make money. How, do, how, do you, how would one minister, what's the big thing nowadays? Working from home, right? Yeah. Everybody's starting to work from home now. Yeah. And so how, how would one minister, we got about uh, four minutes left before we take our break here. Uh, anything come to mind? How would we do that? Because like you're talking about at the office, at the workspace, CPR, whatever it is, even if you uh, stuff the uh, – one thing I like to do is stuff the paper towels all the way down because oh, yeah. you know how they're floating yeah, on top. Yeah, I always yeah. stuff them down when I go to a bathroom yeah. so people can – You know, I don't know. I, I think, honestly, you, you gotta, you're, you're making money somehow if you're staying at home. So you need to be honest with your hours because that's one of the great, great things that is probably difficult to monitor. Now, if you're working for yourself, I really don't know. If you're working for yourself, you're always looking at a screen. I guess you need to be honest to your customers and be thinking about what's best for them and not what's best for you uh, in that in that sense. Um, uh, but I haven't thought much about just working by yourself um, because that isn't, well, it wasn't the norm. Um, and it, it might be much more normal. This is something to uh, think about because I, that might be a new dynamic that we have to address. Oh, it is. You know, because uh, uh, so many people nowadays, that's that's what's happening. Yeah, they're, with they're AI, who knows if that's going to keep getting more and more in time. So we're visiting with Dave Wager from Silver Birch Ranch, and we've got about three minutes here, so I want to make sure we uh, cover all of the thoughts for this for this segment, and then I want to get into uh, some scriptures and talk about these dead people that you've been reading here. So um, I guess it was over time you've learned time management. Well, I, I, I think that's my takeaway here. Over time 
um, when you do the things that are important, the other things seem to take care of themselves. I know that sounds crazy, but it seems to do that. They do. I'm not sure that I would ever consider myself a great time management person, but I do know that I have to set the priorities up to get those done. And then the other time in life will take care of itself. If, if the priorities are there and they're done, then, then I'm okay. And the priority obviously is my time with God, my time with family and friends and, and, um, and my ministry there at Silverbridge Ranch, Nicolay Bible Institute. If that's done. I'm okay. And I guess because of the years, I think I got enough time here. Let's see here. Yeah, I got a couple of minutes here. How did you know? Because you, uh, on, on your things to die for list, how did you know that Silver, your father uh, is it was the one who founded Silverbridge yep. Ranch? So how did you know it was a calling? Well, it, it, you know, I had that same thing. When I look back retrospect, I would go up there and work for nothing, and I actually did. When we moved up there in 1981, there was no money, there was no program, and I was delighted to be there and delighted to work. It was like God created me to live in that environment and do those things. And um, so part of it was just knowing how to be fulfilled in life, and it's listening to God. Once he puts you in the right spot, it's like, wow, I can't believe God's allowing me to do this for the rest of my life. And in in that, you're you're extremely fulfilled because God didn't create you to make sure you are miserable. He created you to fulfill you, and he knows exactly what you need to do to be fulfilled. So the calling is more of a retrospect. Yeah. It wasn't, and, and it wasn't you know, a still it, small voice I in think, the closet. I, I, and I think people, well, it really came from working with youth and seeing the, the decisions up there. Once I saw what, what happened there, I wanted to invest my life there. Dave Wager from Silver Birch Ranch, the Clay Bible Institute, is in the studio with us for this Stand Up for the Truth podcast. And we're going to take a little break here. I want to remind you to check out StandUpForTheTruth.com and some of the resources are resources. See that link on StandUpForTheTruth.com, the resources link. Also, our gear store and subscribe button. You see a big old red subscribe button at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Your opportunity to get a free weekly digest of the podcast here on Stand Up For The Truth. Back in two minutes. Feedback, questions, and topic suggestions are always appreciated. Email us at comments at standupforthetruth.com. Crash Connell, our guest today is Dave Wager from Silver Birch Ranch and Nicolay Bible Institute at a speaking engagement uh, recently, so we invited him into the studio today. And now in this segment, uh, first of all, what's going on at Silver Birch Ranch and Nicolay Bible Institute? Well, you know, obviously Silver Birch Ranch encompasses a lot of different ministries. Uh, we have um, the, the Christian camping ministry where in the summer there, we feed about 500 a meal, about 300 some campers a, a week come up and, and we give them the gospel and just love that. Work with churches throughout the Midwest. Uh, then year round, people come up on weekends for what we call retreats. And uh, then we have another facility that's up five miles south of us. On the Wolf River, we call Northwoods Retreat, and uh, that's uh, going extremely well. We're, in fact, we're building a brand new dining hall and meeting room there that'll be done by June this year, and uh, it's really an incredible work of God to get that done. We started it; we didn't have the money. We, we were ready to take out a loan, and and since we've started it, God has supplied the resources for it, and it's just absolutely amazing that it's going up. That's called what? Uh, faith. No, the uh, Wook Wolf. <laughs> Well, well, it used to be called the Wolf River Refuge. We okay. changed it to Northwoods Retreat. Okay. 
Because most uh, uh, churches don't understand what the refuge really is. <laughs> so we, we changed it to Northwoods Retreat. Um, but it's right there on the Wolf River at Highway 64 and 55. It's kind of a venue, though, right? Yeah, I it mean, is. like uh, my church wants to do this or anybody. It, it's for Even a smaller wedding? group. It's, okay. it's more geared towards discipleship where Silver Birch oh. Ranch is more geared towards evangelism and bigger, larger groups. Uh, and so it's, but it's right down the road from each other. So they actually interchange some of the activities that they do. Uh, we also have been able to start recently a, a new program called Foster Family Connect, where we're, we really have a goal. Uh, it's kind of like what, what you guys did here at Q90 with uh, uh, Police Lights of Christmas. It, you started something small where you, and now it's like statewide where, mm-hmm. where you're, you're just excited about, um, helping the police departments and, and get them to express to other people their, their value and giving them tools to do it. Well, we saw the foster care system in the state of Wisconsin. We thought we could, we could make a positive impact on this uh, throughout the whole state if we could get involved in getting the, the local evangelical churches involved with foster care system. And so we started doing that. As in becoming foster parents? or uh, And supporting the foster care system. Okay. And, and we have a statewide... Um, app that people can go to so that it, as, as they have a need as a foster family, they can go to this app, they can say what the need is, and the local church can supply that need for them. Awesome. Um, so it's that kind of thing that we're working so on. So it's a networking kind of Yeah, event. and you know what? It's just, it's got legs of its own. We, we started it, and before you know it, there's, there's a grant here and a grant there, and I'm looking at it going, really, God, we, I guess we got to keep doing this, you know, and and I'm saying that in a very positive way. It's 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 a very important thing in our our community right Absolutely. now. Absolutely, uh, foster care is is extremely important, and I think the state just doing it in a godless way is not going to work. We need to get the church and and God involved in this, and that's our goal. And yes, it's a lot bigger than Silver Birch Ranch, Nicolay Bible Institute, and 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 Northwoods Retreat. But that's the the fourth thing we're in. Nicolay Bible Institute, which I mentioned, is, is one-year school for kids that are out of high school and really to age 30, where we really spend a year on training them in the Bible, teaching them the Bible, and teaching them to die to themselves. And that's really the goal for that year. And I encourage anyone listening, you know somebody in that age bracket, I don't care what profession they get into in life, they need to know how to walk with God, and they need to know how to serve people, and that's what that program is about. So for like 15 months, they have to dedicate because they live there, correct? Right, they live right on the grounds of Silver Birch Ranch. There's a guy's dorm and a girl's dorm, and, and we have a gym, and, and there's a little campus there for Nicolay Bible Institute. In fact, here, the fun thing is we're in the middle of building a brand-new boys' dorm, and once again, we started without all the resources, and yet now at this point in history, God has supplied them. So, so that building will be completely paid for when it is done. So we're excited about the, what God's doing there and, and invite you to check that out, Nicolay Bible Institute or, or Northwoods Retreat or, or uh, you know, and then, we, then I do the stuff here at Q90 and we have some other podcasts that we do. So that's, that's five different ministries right now that Silver Birch Ranch is working on. And so I uh, encourage people to go to silverbirchranch.org and take a look at it and you can go down to any of those ministries. And I believe Q90 is also linked to it, so. Um, you have relate365.com right. as well. Right. Is that just a resource website? Yeah, that, that's for the podcasts that, that we do. Um, you know, they, they can hear those on Q90 here. Mm-hmm. Some of the uh, Thinking Aloud or, yeah, or Younger or Older. Younger Older is yep. on here. And then I do one for 
helping people go to sleep, which I just really try and say something. You know, it's funny because when I was in high school, Crash, I, I was into music. Okay, so I'm, I, as I'm going to sleep, I'm listening to the Beatles or whoever else is out back oh, then. Oh, wow. And, however, one night I was flipping around the radio, and, and, and all of a sudden I heard this guy say, good evening. And I just stopped there, and I started listening to him. And you know, Crash, it changed my life, this guy. I would listen to him as I went to sleep. It was from Moody Radio. And it was a guy, his name was Chuck Wagner. The program isn't around anymore. It's, it's ancient of days. And, and this Chuck Wagner guy would, would just talk calmly at night about whatever. And the rest of the world to me was crazy because this is the 60s. You know, I mean, you're correct. 60s, early 70s. I mean, we're, we're protesting everything and, yeah. you know, whatever else it might be. And there was this guy that was just calmly talking on the radio. And, and it so attracted me that it changed the way I, I went to sleep thinking of the things he said. So I thought about him all night long. And I got up a different guy. And I thought, you know, God, if I ever get a chance to do that, I'm going to do that. And so I have. And that's what Relate 365 has one called Nighttime. And I, I actually talk for a half an hour and I imitate him. I just start by going, good evening. And then I talk calmly for a half an hour and say, good night. And you've been getting some good feedback from young people on that. Oh, right? absolutely. Uh, it's, it's amazing to me that anybody listens to it because it's meant to put you to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, most people don't listen to things that put you to sleep. But, but it's there on Relate365.com. So it's fun to see how God has taken the, the camping ministry that we started back in 68 and just kept piling things in there uh, with opportunities and resources to keep making a difference for Christ. And, and, and our motto is what our mission is, actually, and it's to know Christ and to make him known. And that's really what we live by. So in all those areas, that's what we hope. Uh, so people, if they're interested, go to silverbirchranch.org and they can take a look at it. But Bottom line really is we need to glorify God in our, our bodies and we need to look at all the tools like like Q90, like all the different things that we have in life where we can say these tools are tools. They're not the end result. They're just tools to help us um, see who God is and walk with God and enjoy God. And that's important. It's so much more important that when people are driving around or they have some free time, you know, throw on Q90 or throw on a good podcast or something else. Don't just put the crazy world out there in, in front of your ears all the time where, where you're listening to all the hatred and all that. The, we don't even know what's true when you start hearing CNN or Fox or whatever else you might be listening to. Put something on that, that drives you to God's word. We know God's word is true and it doesn't return void. So go there and listen to places that'll help you get there. Stand up for the truth with Dave Wager. And uh, when we, before we started the broadcast, you were in Psalm 62, 5 through 10. Can you share that? Sure. Let me, let me read it to you. And it, uh, I, reading a book by William Grinnell, G-U-R-N-A-L-L, he's a, a Puritan writer, and he basically wrote a book called The Christian in Complete Armor. Uh, it's not an easy read. So for those of you that do not like easy reads, yeah, this is a book for you. <laughs> uh, it's about 1,300 pages on Ephesians 6, 8 to 10. So he, he writes, and it's Old English. Two. Yeah, yeah, two verses. Yeah, yeah. This guy could think, as as I've said in a joking way, he says more than God does by far. However, the, each page in this book for me is is a stopper where he says something where I think, oh my goodness, that what a great thought. Um, and and that's what we were talking about earlier in the first half of the program. The idea of 
spending time in thought. And William Grinnell, I think, is one of those great thinkers. Well, let me read some. Uh, he, he was talking about. Did you want to share Psalm 62? Yeah, I'm going to do that. Okay, good. It says, Psalm 62, 5 to 10. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us, Selah. Those of low estate are but breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances, they go up. They are together lighter than breath. Put no trust in exhortation. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Interesting passage. He goes on to talk about the low are nothing, the high are delusion. And, and he just looks at it. He goes, you know, get, get this right. We're all the same. We all come from dust. And, and, and he talks about when, when we die, there's not better dust and worse dust. Hmm. You know, when, when, when the richest guy in the world, the most, the most famous guy dies, and, and the person nobody knows who lived in a cave all their life dies, they turn into the same dirt. There, there's not a different dirt. It's the same dirt. And they came from the same dirt. You know, so I, I just find that an interesting perspective. And he goes through, and he gets that from looking at, uh, let me read verse 9 again, where he says, those of low estate are but breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, you're the same. You, you think you're different because of money, status, power? You, you think you have a different ranking than somebody else? No, you know, you know how you please God? What does Hebrews say? How do you please God, Crash? Right. You're, you're pleasing by faith. Correct. That's it. So if you're poor and, and alone and, and, and you, know, you, you have hardly anything to eat in your house, you please God by faith. If you're today living in a castle and you're a king somewhere, you please God by faith. There's nothing different between the rich and the poor to God. It's, it, the riches itself may give you a responsibility, you, but those riches could also give you a delusion. Make you think that you're more powerful. Make you think that you're something that you're not. And I think we, especially in the United States of America, are people that, that struggle with the idea that, you know, uh, we're, we think we're more than grass in the field, and we're not. When God looks at us, Isaiah 46 to 8, a voice says, cry. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass. All its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows on it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. We're told very succinctly that we are people who can be very beautiful for a time. And God meant life to be beautiful. We, uh, the sunsets are beautiful. But they're here for a moment. They're not here forever. You know, one of the things I'm, I'm finding with young people is that they're beginning to try and make permanent the temporary, and they're driving themselves totally insane. You can't make permanent the temporary. And then there's the other side that says, well, we should just hate everything that is temporal because we're not temporal beings. Well, that's not true either. You know, uh, if you sit down to a nice meal, and you, I don't know what, what you would consider a nice meal, depending on what country you're listening from probably, and your traditions, but 
for us in the United States, you sit down to a nice meal like Thanksgiving that we just had. You know, we had for us, we had some smoked turkey and we, we had some nice mashed sweet potatoes and some other things. And it was just a very good meal. And, you know, you need to be able to enjoy that meal that God has supplied for you and realize that that enjoyment is not something you're going to have continually. It's going to be something that you're going to have for a moment. So enjoy that moment that God has given to you. But, but if you start saying, I have to have that constantly in order to be satisfied, you're going to be in trouble because it was never meant to be constant. And when you start thinking, I have to have that constant turkey dinner or whatever it might be, you can become an addict to turkey dinners. And, 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 and the result is not good. And, and that can happen with all kinds of things in life. And uh, it's important to understand we are people who, uh, who need to focus on what's permanent and not things that, that um, are temporary. But the temporary in itself can be enjoyed if God gives it to us. Stand Up for the Truth. We're visiting with Dave Wager from Silver Birch Ranch and Nicolay Bible Institute. William Grinnell, the book that you're reading, um, you've been reading that a while. I've you're been talking- reading it for about seven years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've mentioned it before, and I'm going, you know, I've known you for about 10, and I'm going like, you've been reading that book a while. Well, the problem is I, I'm not sure I'm ever going to finish it. it. It's one of those books that years ago I, I wouldn't want to read a book that I could, you know, I, I'm, like, I'm very goal-oriented in my brain. So it's like I look at a book, and I, if it's too long, it's like, oh, man, I'm never – you know, that's going to be too long to finish. I, for some reason, I think finishing the book is the goal, not, not understanding anything in the book, just finishing it. And, and you know, I, I have to admit something to you, Crash. Don't spread it around, though. I really don't read for fun. I don't like reading. Oh, me either. But I read all the time because I want the information. So it's like, it, it, I know, I, I love teaching because students will come and go, I don't like reading. And I'll say, I don't either, so read it anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they look at me like I'm the strange person. But, but in reality, you can learn an awful lot from reading. So if you want to learn something, you got to pick up a book and there read you go. it, uh, whether, you, whether you like it or not. So what is it with the scripture? Because I don't like to read. Yeah. And I guess it's like, uh, how do I put it like this? To me, it's like, uh, Katie and I, my wife and I, we leave notes, post-its all over the place. Sure. So I like I like looking for those and reading them. Sure. But somebody could say, I thought you didn't like reading. Right. Well, this is different. This is, I'm not reading, but I guess I am. So it's like with Scripture, I don't feel like I'm reading. Yeah. It's it's not a chore for right. me, for me uh, unless uh, it's an assignment. Maybe. Right. It could be like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to be talking about Nehemiah. Oh, I haven't been in the Old Testament in a while, so I've right. got to kind of change my perspective on things right now right well i think you have to realize uh, you know there are motivations for reading and um some people just really enjoy the reading process what you just said though is there's a there's a purpose behind the writing that i'm looking for and i need to have it a personal purpose to read i I, and and so you're looking for more i bet you you could read uh autobiographies or biographies easier than than textbooks because there'll be 
writing about a person and how they lived and and as I got older, I got I used to like science fiction, but I yeah. don't I don't care for that anymore. I like yeah. I like I like nonfiction now. Yeah, for me, I had to give myself permission to think about what was being said because my goal oriented mind. The reason I I struggled with reading was. I, First of all, I was a football, hockey player, et cetera. I'd rather be outside doing anything um, physically, you know. But now that I've gotten older, I don't play football or hockey anymore, and I'm not outside doing everything. So reading is, is a little higher on the priority list. But, but the bottom line really is, you know, I, I realized that the goal was stopping me. Like, and that's why I said I looked at the book and the size of it. This William Grinnell book being 1,300 pages. See, that's discouraging. Actually, what's really discouraging is I ordered the book and it came in three volumes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's discouraging. And I looked at three volumes and said, I only wanted one book. Well, it is one book. It's just so big it had to come in three volumes. It's like I didn't know I was going to read the encyclopedia here. Um, however, uh, he says some, some phenomenal things throughout time as, as he just thinks. He says this. Uh, the soul and the flesh, they feed differently, he said. They, they feed differently. Correct. And you need to understand that they feed differently and feed the one that you want to thrive. You know, you, so, so it's the, the soul and the flesh, they just feed differently. The flesh yearns for these temporary pleasures. The soul yearns for a permanent uh, security, it, 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 for, for significance, the soul yearns for the, the things that cannot be taken away. Where the, the flesh yearns for the temporary, that, that temporary satisfaction. And once again, you can enjoy a sunset, a sunrise, a, a good meal. You can enjoy those things. But when you start thinking in terms that this is going to satisfy me for the rest of my life, you're going to be in trouble. Because that's not how they're meant to be. The only thing, if you want to call thing, the only one that will satisfy you for the rest of your life is God. That's where you put your hope in because that's what's going to happen. Uh, William Grinnell actually said this. He said, thy soul is the salt that keeps thee sweet or else thou would stink above the ground. And uh, somebody who wrote back in the 1700s can say that um, because he's, he's poetic in what he says. Uh, or he says this, when we're talking about all different people, there's another line of his, all nations there we find are made out of the same blood, and two things all are alike. We come in and go out of the world alike, as no one is made of finer earth, so not resolved into purer dust. And, and again, that idea of us being the same in many respects, and we think we're not because of uh, the way we live, we, we look down our nose at somebody who doesn't live like us or because of our resources or our position in life. The thing that matters for every single human being, the only thing that matters is our status with the Almighty God. And as a child of God, I can be poor. I can be someone who has uh, some physical difficulties. I could be, and, and I can enjoy what God has given me in this life. And likewise, if I'm a very wealthy, healthy person living a life that's very comfortable, I can enjoy God and who he is. And if not, I'm going to find out that all that I have is a waste anyway. The most important thing in life is the same for everyone listening. And it's something that anyone listening can achieve as they walk with God and they enjoy God. 
It starts with understanding our sinful condition and the fact that we're separated from God and that God loved us so much that we get to put our trust in Jesus as our Savior, get into God's family, become a member of his family for the rest of my life now. My heavenly Father is exactly that, my heavenly Father. And I can go to him for the rest of my life, and that's where my security is, and that's all Grinnell is saying. The, the battle is to get us to get our eyes on the temporary stuff. I need to have this to be okay, the, the turkey dinner. I need to have this job to be okay. I, I'm not in ministry because I'm a welder. That, that's, that's satanic stuff. God is saying, you know what? Every breath that you have is a gift I give you. You are put on this planet to, to have significance by showing the world who I am through your life today. That's where your significance will come from. If you're trying to make the flesh significant, remember the flesh came from dust and it's going to dust. That's not what's significant. Your, your body isn't what's significant. God is who's significant. And we get to use our bodies as tools to show the world who God is, no matter who we are. It seems in these, uh, these days, uh, folks are finding their identity and that's what's causing so much division, finding their identities in the churches. Maybe it's a political party, whatever it is. And I know that Q90FM, it seems like over the last year, have had the same theme in most of our podcasts and our teachings is uh, our identity in Christ. We've got to remember Absolutely. who our identity is. Uh, that's the grounding. Um, when you were talking about William Grinnell's book, what's the name of it again? The Christian in Complete Armor. By William you Grinnell. said 1,300 pages. I had to look it up, and it says the King James Version of the New Testament only has 759 pages right. in it. Right, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. He, he had a lot of – and some, just some of these segments that you've been sharing, I could see why it's taken so long to read. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's old stop. English. It's, yeah. yeah, and it's old English. So, so you've got to put, put up with that. He, there are some people who have taken his work and modernized it a little bit. So you can find that online. It, it just the, I'm reading the original, which is like reading a really bad King James version, um, <laughs> if, if if I could say that. Yeah. Even though it was written after that, it's still to me it's it's just not how we speak today. However, it's profound the way he talks. It 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 when you look at it, it's poetic, it's profound. It just takes me longer to read because I live in 2023. You had a much better vocabulary back in those oh, days. Oh, yeah. There are several times. I, I don't think I've read a page where I haven't had to look a word up because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what that word meant. Uh, and that begs the question, at Nicolay Bible Institute, do you learn how to read Old English? Uh, no, no. You but don't? <laughs> no. However, yeah, I am uh, going to have my students this spring read one of William Grinnell's books, but I, I'm getting them a more modern version of it. Um, I'm not going to make them go back and read the old English. There's enough obstacles in the world. I, I don't need to throw another one out there. Uh, our son, is who's homeschooled through Nelson Darby Academy, uh, when he first started, uh, he, he, he had to take classes in old English. And I, was, I, had, I took him with him. Because I went, this is very, very helpful because I didn't understand the these and the thous and all that kind yeah. of stuff because they use the King James sure. for, the, for their Bible teaching. So think about that. Um, about a minute and a half here, I want you to encourage the Stand Up for the Truth audience um, how, to, um, how to find their the right perspective. Not perception, but the right perspective. You know, first and foremost, you need to go right to God and get to 
perspective, realizing this, that when you talk to God, he has no perspective. And that's important to grasp. Some people will argue with me, bottom line is God sees everything the way it actually is. And if you start your day every day saying that, God, I understand that you see everything the way it is and I have a perspective. When you go into God's word, you begin to change the way you think to align with God. And that's what you really want. You want to align with the truth in how you think. I have perspective, I always will, but God does not. And so I come to him and I learn and I change, I'm pliable. Dave Wager from Silver Birch Ranch, Nicolay Bible Institute, Relate365.com. Thanks for coming in today. Thank you. I want to remind you that uh, you can follow us on YouTube. Q90FM Radio is our YouTube channel. And CTRN Online on Rumble. And, of course, all the podcasts fresh and there at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Be sure to check out the helpful links, our uh, upcoming guest, and the subscribe button. Thank you for listening to Stand Up For The Truth.